We could solve the world's problems over a bottle of wine or all hell could break loose. You just never know with these three dynamic ladies. If you love real estate, want a little inspiration and a lot of free advice, get ready for the ride. We are Sell It Sista. Hello and welcome to Sell It Sister. I'm Carrie Owens. I'm Megan Bingston. Molly Amick. And our special guest today is Owen Dashner. And if you don't know Owen, you are in the presence of real estate investor realty royalty. Royalty, royalty, royalty. Yeah, so I, um, I feel like I don't have to mention, we talk about this almost every episode that um, Cash is so important to this market, and nobody knows better than Owen. Um, but it's so important, like, how do you get your hands on it? How to fund your projects, investments, purchases? This market is so fast, and I think Owen has um, really tapped into a really big market with cash, and we want to talk to him today. He's got his fingers in lots of stuff, <laughs> yes. lots of fun stuff in Omaha with real estate. You know how much I love real estate. We all love real estate, but right. Owen really loves real estate. <laughs> so podcasters, welcome. Owen Dashner. Welcome. Well, thanks for Owen. having me. I'm yes. pumped to be here in person. This there is exciting. Go. I know. Yeah, so this is a little different than Rhea Radio, like... <laughs> Like, we do video, so good thing you yeah, look cute. I, well, <laughs> I don't know. I've been saying for a while I have a good face for radio, so yeah. this will... Pulling it off, our, though. Our, uh, our, our fearless editor here has his work cut out yeah. for him. Well, welcome. Um, so I want to talk to you about the podcast, but mostly I want to, like, start with how you got started investing. Now, you always talk about on the podcast, like, you've had a million and one jobs, but you seem to have found your niche. Yeah, it's uh, something I started in 2005 as kind of a side hustle. I studied and read everything I could get my hands on like a lot of um, newer investors do. I read every book. Um, I th They didn't have bigger pockets back then, so I kind of had to do my own searching around. But Our second um, favorite podcast. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and uh, I ended up taking a leap and buying a flip that was a terrible buy, made a lot of mistakes, uh, had a partnership that... We put nothing in writing, uh, bought the wrong house on a bad street, no garage, uh, middle of winters when we were going to sell it. So it was not a good purchase. But one of my friends who was helping me work on it, and by the way, I'm a terrible contractor and I was trying to do a lot of the work <laughs> right, myself right, too. Right. So pretty much everything. And I'm like, oh, I'm smart. I've been studying for two years. I got this figured out. And then I'm like, I did everything that it says not to do. <laughs> So anyway, so I'm knee deep into this uh, big rehab and I have one of my friends helping me out with uh, this remodel, right? And he's good. He knows what he's doing. And he tells me about this other house that happens to be a lakefront property in uh, Council Bluffs, Iowa. And I ended up buying that for 95000 And by the way, my first flip that I was already in the middle of I uh, was on month number nine oh, when this gosh. other deal got brought to me and I'm like, I couldn't, I didn't know how to buy it. You right. know, I yeah, didn't right. know, I didn't know what I was doing. And right. so I called a small town, little local bank that, right. uh, from my, where my wife is from, Oakland, Iowa, okay. and talked to the president and uh, he's like, 
yeah, we'll do the loan. And I'm like, okay. We like, <laughs> we like small town Ireland. Yeah, so, so, <laughs> so I had it under contract for 95 and they, they wanted to get an appraisal on it and it appraised for 165 as oh, it wow. is. Wow. And I'm like, uh, and I didn't, you know, I was like, oh my God, I'm gonna lose this. Yeah. I was all panicky. And so I, I talked the seller into basically waiting six months for me to close on. Wow. Yeah, really smart. Good negotiating yeah. skills. Yeah, oh, by the way, he was 97 years old. Oh, okay. Oh, so, no yeah. joke. Yeah. yeah, and if he would have died, you would have been yep. as yeah. well. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, so long story longer, I ended up closing on that. And uh, I was like, you know, this appraised for so much. Why don't I just like see what somebody will give it to me as is mm -hmm. rather than spend another year of my life right. doing a terrible rehab. And so I pulled the cat pee carpets out of there and they have, there was like a thousand flies. I don't know why, but they're all dead and the oh, cat pee. And I don't know if that was related, yeah, but yeah. so I pulled the carpet out, set it outside to air out. And then I listed it in the paper. This is how long ago yep. this was, 2005 yep. in the daily non and council bluffs. And I was like, Fixer upper lakefront property for sale for one thirty nine nine. Okay. okay, appraised value one sixty five. Nice. My phone just lit up. Okay, like, wow. it may have been like one of those bag phones that yeah. was that long ago, yeah. but yeah. whatever it was, it was ringing a lot. Mm -hmm. And uh, anyway, I ended up first people I sold, uh, I showed it to, ended up offering me one thirty five for it. Wow. And so I sold it a month or on the day that my first mortgage payment was due. Wow, That's and I was crazy. like. I am such a moron. Like I was super pumped and mm -hmm. and excited, but I was like, what was I doing with this other house? Right, mm -hmm. right. And then, you know, they're not always like this no. as I soon learned, um, but wrapped up the other one, made like $2 an hour on it for all the work I put in and then <laughs> right. made 40 over here, you know, <laughs> right. before taxes and all that. Right, but, right. Yeah, it was uh, a lot of learning lessons the first couple of years, but I knew I wanted to buy some rental properties and I didn't have any money. So I thought, I'll flip a couple houses, right. make some money, right. put that money into rentals, rents and repeat. Right. Were you still working a full-time job? I was, okay. yeah. Okay. I was working okay. at ConAgra Foods in uh, HR. So okay. I had a suit, like literally a suit and tie every day. And I would, you know, ditch that and put on my grubby clothes with right. a bag, you know, gym mm -hmm. bag and mm -hmm. go over and work about 20 hours um, a week. So, you know, it was, it was a lot. Yeah. Right. We didn't have children at the time, so okay. that made things a little bit easier. But right. uh, yeah, that was, uh, that was, Quite the education. Yes, yes. Mm -hmm. So, but you got the taste of it. Yeah. I had the bug after that for right. sure. Right. Yeah. Man, and once you get that bug, if mm -hmm. you even have mm -hmm. a little bit of a love of real estate and you right. get that bug, like I feel like it's a right. It's like an addiction. What's next? I got to find the deal. You yeah. know, it's you're just a pebble rolling downhill. Yeah. You know what's funny too is you can always tell when somebody has it. Like if you meet a newer real yeah. estate investor yeah. or whatever, yeah. you can just look them in the eye. It's yeah. almost like a heroin addict. <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah, it's got Who's you my back. Next one? Yeah, yeah. And, and for those people, it's not even really about the money because well, I, it's about the money. Well, you love the money, <laughs> right? And it's great to be able to make your income in that way. But man, when you're just able to do deal after deal, I mean, you, you, we say it all the time. Like, I mean, you know me. Like, I could have the Jersey Turnpike going through something, and I will find something about that property that I love, mm -hmm. and. I could still sell it to somebody because mm -hmm. yep. of what I found that I love about it. Mm -hmm. So so you found out that you love the investing, mm -hmm. you love real estate, you've got the bug now. Mm -hmm. So how'd you get hooked up with the RIA Radio podcast? Oh, yeah, that's... Or did that not come till later? Yeah, that was a lot later. Okay, so, this, so, you've, so got, you've got Red Ladder Properties. Red Ladder Property Solutions. So, that, uh, so I did kind of the investing on the side thing for what? Oh, probably 12 years. Oh, wow. Did you do 13 years? a lot of that to like 
for finances through like just that small town bank? Is that kind of where a lot of just funds came from with that? Yeah, um, I hooked up with, uh, I'm from a small town in Iowa too, mm -hmm. Malvern, Iowa, and uh, the bank there, were they were willing to work with me and I did a bunch of deals with them. They kind of grew with me until mm -hmm. I hit basically their legal lending limit and then yeah. I kind of had to look for other banks, so I got referred to others. sit back and think like, good thing you got started in 05? And maybe not like 08, 09, where maybe lending restrictions got a little bit tougher. Yeah, well, it was tough too was because it still tough? yeah, I was I was trying to um, like get a line of credit so mm -hmm. I could do more than one flip at a time right. and and then like that wasn't happening. Right. It was you know real estate was like anathema to, to banks at the time. So right. I was trying to figure out how to just make it all work. Mm -hmm. and I had a W two. You yep. know, it made pretty good income at right. it, so that helped when I was getting, you know, regular loans. But then I found kind of like commercial loans and started doing more deals. Uh, but to answer your question, um, in 2018, I left my corporate gig to do real estate investing full time. And part of the like catalyst to that was uh, my business partner in that business, Brandon Tauber, um, he was in the same boat. Like he was burned out in, in a like corporate gig too. Well, his was more like he, he did trading for the Chicago board of trade and was like completely burned out on that. It's oh, like dog yeah. years. Yeah. yeah. Right. And so we just kind of talked each other into, you know, making the jump together. And we, you know, we kind of each divvied up who was going to do what with getting the business started. And, uh, we kind of hit the ground running. I already had a website up. I did kind of a proof of concept with doing pay-per-click advertising. So I did, um, if you're, maybe I could give an overview, overview of that real okay, quick. Absolutely. So pay-per-click is basically like if you, if your garage door is broken and okay. you're like garage door repair Omaha, you type mm -hmm. that in, you're probably gonna have three ads at the top, right? Right. And then underneath that, you'll probably have some local, um, advertisements, but they're not paid for, right? Okay. So they're naturally ranking that high because people have been using them or clicking on them or the reviews are good. Pay-per-click is like you're cheating because you can buy your way to the top. Yes. So oh, okay. if you pay enough money, you can rank, you know, we buy houses Omaha, mm -hmm. sell my house fast in Omaha, mm -hmm. a lot of motivated sellers that are looking for people to buy their house, cash for my house, stuff like that. Yeah. So you can basically, it's like alphabet soup. You organize all those terms and you can buy your way to the top in most of those if you have the right budget. So I kind of demoed that a little bit while I was still working my job. And it was really stressful because I did like 20 deals oh, wow. um, yes. in 2017 while I was working full time. And uh, I was like, you know what? This is, I'm good. Like yeah. I did this I while I made more, I made twice as much money as I did at my corporate job by flipping houses while I was still working. Wow. Good okay. for you. So yeah. it gave me enough, you know, yeah. cojones Cushion. to, yeah. 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 That and Brandon was kind of a motivator too because he was doing the same thing. So. Right. I didn't realize you stayed in your corporate job that long. That long. I know. Yeah. Wow. I it's just, that's just, I don't know. With the amount of properties that you own, that's just, you know, that's I, surprising. I fell into the trap of, um, because early on, I read Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and I got yep. really mm -hmm. excited. I read Cashflow Quadrant. So you want your income to exceed your expenses, and right. then you're free, and you can quit your job or do whatever you want, right? So mm -hmm. I was like, yes, that's exactly what I want to do. And then I start, I had a daughter, got married, had a daughter, had another daughter. Right. And it's like, all, you know, my expenses rose with my income. Yep. Right. And it's like, you know, you're kind of trying to swim and get to the surface, but right. you don't really know where the surface is. Right. Well, that was kind of what yeah, I went through. It's always like, okay, well, this will be enough. Right. Well, yep. then all of a sudden yeah. that changed. Now yeah. this needs to yep. be enough. Now, now we that's, need new houses. Yeah. Now we yeah, need exactly. this. Yeah, so exactly. So it's... Kids need school. Yeah. I, I, I like to make the analogy uh, bacon and eggs. Like, you know, the the chicken's involved, but the pig is committed. So 
I was yeah. I was the chicken, chicken for a long number of years. That's, that's hilarious. And finally decided to commit to it and right. just believe in what I was doing. Right. So that's a long answer to your story or your question, but uh, yeah, that's how it all that's how Red Ladder started. Well, I think that's also yeah. pretty impressive. You got a pretty good support staff for your wife to be like, "Yep, you're doing this." Yeah. I think she just got tired of me complaining about well, my job. Well, then there's that too. Time. I mean, yeah. you just break her down as well. So I mean, that that yeah. process works too. So. Well, it's now, hard to go to work forty hours and then have you know all the other things on top of it. Yeah. And you're like, "Where's my family time? Where's the mm -hmm. qual what are we doing it for?" Yeah. Yeah. You know, I look back at that too, and I I was fortunate enough to work from home, so I worked remotely before that was like the cool thing. Okay. You know, okay. the COVID thing. Yeah. 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 So I've been doing okay. that for quite a while. Oh, wow. I worked okay. for IBM, and then Rico acquired a division of IBM, and I I continued working with them for about ten years. So like I'm working from home, and I did a good job at what. I was supposed to do. Gotcha. So I got a lot of work done in a very short amount of time. Right. So that way I could handle like, you know, I could run out mm. for an hour right. or I like, can't, as long as I have my phone with me, it didn't matter. Right, yeah. right, right. So that helped a right. lot, having some flexibility with location so mm -hmm. I could go out and handle stuff. Right, yeah. But, okay. But, yeah. So Red Ladder mm -hmm. is the name of your investment company. That is the transactional real estate business that I have. Yeah, so it's the buying and selling. Okay, okay. and I kind of, it, so do you call that a wholesaling company? Um, one distinction I'll make about that is we always close on everything that we get under contract. Okay. So we never assign deals, okay. although we do sometimes close on them and then sell them to other investors after the fact. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. So we feel it's cleaner that way and yep. less drama. So, um, but generally we're either going to buy a property and we're going to A, sell it to another investor, B, wholetail it, which basically buy it, clean it out, clean it up, put it on the MLS, get what we get out of it, whether it's an investor or a first time home buyer or mm -hmm. second time home buyer mm -hmm. or we're going to keep we're going to rehab it and keep it as a rental. So those are kind of the three main dispositions that we that okay. we uh, use. And I I love that. I love it's been a great market for that business yeah. model. It makes everybody look pretty smart. It does. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so you've seen great success with Red Ladder mm -hmm. Property Solutions. Mm -hmm. Um and do you, so do you see that business model evolving, changing? I know there's been some new legislation this mm -hmm. this session that might change that maybe a little for you. So LB 892. 892, yeah. Yeah, so outlawing basically unlicensed wholesalers from transacting, right? But maybe you're not quite it, a wholesale model. I'm not. We're yeah. not. So it, okay. it'll, in fact, probably help us, if anything. Yeah. And um, it's going to make it a little more difficult, I think, for a lot of people that are just getting started in the business. Yeah. And it's tough, too, because, like, we've had a historic run-up the last, yeah. you know, several years. I mean, right. I don't even remember when the last time we had a flat market. Was right. it 2014? <laughs> I don't even know. Probably. Yeah. 14, 15. Yeah. yeah. And then yeah. it's just been ticking up ever since then. Yeah. So, um, but... Yeah, I think uh, to answer your question, will anything change for us? I don't really think so. We still do our marketing. We still buy, you know, um, a fair amount of deals. We usually do, depending on the year, between three or four houses a month is what wow. we buy. Okay, nice. So yeah. then, so then, out of the, uh, so you have another company called Liquid Lending. Mm -hmm. So now, the, did that evolve out of the Red Property? Uh, so Liquid Lending Solutions was formed in September of twenty twenty. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, 2020. So a year and a half ago, basically. And originally, it, Brandon and I, my Red Lighter partner, we had talked about like when we have some excess cash, like what should we do with this? Mm -hmm. Let's do hard money lending. And we kind of approached a couple of banks 
and didn't get the answers that we really wanted. We're mm -hmm. like, all right, well, let's shelve that for now. Mm -hmm. We wanted to get a line of credit, basically borrow that, lend it out to uh, investors right. and make arbitrage, right? Okay. So banks were like, yeah, we kind of need some collateral for that. Okay. So we were like, all right, we're not ready or whatever for mm -hmm. that. So we just kind of did our thing. So one day, um, I'm going to grab lunch and bring it to my uh, buddy Colin Schwartz's office. I don't know if you guys know Colin. He's yes. a pretty active investor in town here. And, and he was having lunch with another guy named Peter Anaradian, who um, we actually all bought a deal together. We bought a 24-unit apartment building in Papillion. So I'm like, yeah, I'll grab lunch. So I, I bring in lunch. And I'm like, what are you guys meeting about? And he's like, well, we're talking about hard money. And I'm like, Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> and so we all sat down, talked about it, and we decided to, there's five of us total that are partners. So I called Brandon and then uh, Colin, you know, got his bro involved who has <laughs> severe FOMO, which is Chris Palmerlin. Hi, Chris. <laughs> and uh, they, so we all formed it together. And basically the, the impetus of that was we have this um, meetup group that Colin runs every month and it's the Omaha real estate meetup. They have a Facebook page that's got, I don't know, 4,000 members and usually about hundred to 120 participants or, or attendees, guest speaker, all that. And then Ted Kosh has the same thing with mm -hmm. Omaha Ria. It's very similar. Okay. Um, so we kind of have this group that we've gotten to know and we know a ton of investors and they all do deals. We know who the good operators are and we're like, let's, why don't we just fund deals for people and make, you know, and we saw an opportunity because there's not a whole lot of hard money business in Omaha. Mm -mm. No, right? there's, not. there's not. Yeah, okay. there's like not much at all. So we thought we saw kind of a mousetrap yeah. with that idea. So we all were all like, let's start it. And we each kicked in like, you know, $250,000. So we had like a million dollars to start with. Okay. And that was gone like that. Yeah. Like oh. a week. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. yeah, I was okay. going to well, say. when you're connected to that many other investors, mm -hmm. right. like, and they know that that's options out there, yeah. I mean, yeah, that, was, that's not enough at all. Yeah, yeah. everybody's like, yeah. oh, sweet. And I've got a deal, I've got a deal, I've got a deal. And we're like, whoa, hang <laughs> on, we're out. I exactly. you're like, you're great. You're like, I don't what? Yeah. 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 I feel like there's always somebody yeah. looking for, for hard money. Not even just investors, but sometimes primary people. Like, yeah. Like, we want to do this episode about cash is king or... Cash is queen, as we like to say, but, you know, cash is king for primary people, for investors, right. um, because the market is so fast, right? Mm -hmm. Well, it's like, yeah, it's, it's also some people, like, situations that, you know, where you don't fit into a bank's perfect box. Right. They, you know, they won't approve you. I mean, I had a listing, I don't even know how many, like, a couple years ago, something like that, and... They, it was either student loans or medical debt loans, something like that. I mean, still very well-qualified people, but they didn't fit in the perfect box. Mm -hmm. And so they were able to find someone who would do a hard money loan, and they needed just a short period of time to be able to kind of get these things set in place, but that's the house that they wanted. And so they figured it out, and, you know, I'm, I'm assuming eventually they probably got something, you know, more permanent set in place, but it was literally that little kind of bridge band-aid that they needed to get from point A to point B. And we're back. So talk to me a little bit about um, just the, kind of the terms of the liquid lending. So you told a funny story. Well, I thought it was funny, but maybe I was drinking um, on your <laughs> <laughs> on your podcast about how. If you um, think I'm funny, you probably <laughs> were. Exactly. Exactly. Well, you know, sometimes I listen late at night. How uh, Red Ladder, you had bid on a property. Um, and you got beat out, yeah. and then uh, sure enough, the next day the application came in through Liquid Lending, mm -hmm. and so you ended up getting the deal. And hey, you still made money on it. Uh, well, I think it's funny one because <laughs> Omaha is like so small, but I'm like, 
Man, that is just like... I just had lunch with the borrower yesterday, too, which oh, is funny. We, we just talked about that deal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, you're killing it, right? It, it's gone well. Um, we were able to raise more money, mostly from friends and family. We got a line of credit, so we're able to, you know, loan out on that and then make make kind of a spread on it. So it's been it's been good. Uh, as far as terms go, we're we're trying to basically position ourselves as a no hassle, kind of hit the easy button type of a um, mm -hmm. you know business where if you have a short closing window, we can turn it around. Okay. If you have um, you know, a deal that you're trying to get approved and you just don't have time for a bank to appraise it or right. go jump through all the hoops, right? Then we might be a good solution. If somebody has a line of credit that they're, they're able to access and buy it that way, absolutely yeah. do go that. Yeah. Right. But, you know, the I think the stigma with hard money a lot of times is like, oh, it's so expensive and like, you know, don't do that. And well, it is well, I expensive. Want, it, it I is. don't want my legs broken. Of I don't want you coming yeah. at me with a bad something. Yeah, we have we have Rocco and Knuckles <laughs> exactly. on retainer. There you go. That's um, scary to me. I mean, it is expensive, right? It is right? expensive, yeah. But right. it's convenient. Right. And again, like Megan said, it is, it's serving a need. It might be short term. It might be to beat an appraisal. It might be because you have to beat somebody out because right. of the yeah. pace of the market. But I mean, how long are most of these loans? Are most of these people refinancing within six months? Mo or? Yeah, most of ours are six month terms. Okay. Um, okay. And our main customers are typically flippers or they're going to be burr investors. So they're going to buy rehab, re rent, Buy, rehab, re rent, refinance, repeat. Okay. That's somewhere around there. Oh, that's the burr? Yeah. Burr. Okay. Oh, so, I knew it actually okay. meant something. Buy, <laughs> rehab, rent, refinance, repeat. Yeah. Okay. So you're okay. getting the same money back basically in rents and repeat. Um, so that's most of our, I think our average loan length is probably three to four months ish. Okay. Um, do, so, do people have to make payments? Yeah. Or is it, okay. So ours are basically, we'll fund up to 100% of the purchase price. Okay. And we don't have any points um, unless it's a weird deal and it's like super last minute or mm -hmm. there's some kind of something that's an outlier. Okay. So generally it's going to be 18% interest, uh, you know, if you factor yeah. it over the mm -hmm. entire year. Right. Um, ACH payments that we pull every month on the first. Okay. Um, so general, I always say to keep it simple, every 100 grand you borrow is 1500 bucks a month. Okay. So we have a one month minimum finance charge. So if you bought something, you know, and then paid it off two weeks later, we'd still charge a month. Okay. okay. And then Makes when sense. it pays back, basically the title company will call us just like they would a bank and say, can I get your payoff instructions? Gotcha. And we get it and then Done. deploy the money again and rinse and repeat. Perfect. We've had some really good borrowers though. We've got some like really good operators that we're dealing with in Omaha too. So it's been pretty cool. So we branched out into Des Moines also. So that's been kind of fun learning that market as well. So as a new um, investor into liquid lending, like, or I don't know, borrower, whatever mm -hmm. you want to call it, like, what's the, what are your parameters? I mean, I'm assuming kind of with your steady people that constantly come back, I mean, you kind of already know their history, stuff like that. So maybe it's uh, a little bit quicker to <clears throat> give an approval or a yes, but, you know, is there a lot of like strict, stringent things on your back end to approve someone to say, I will give money to you? Oh, that's a good, that, that's the perfect question, actually. We underwrite the deal like we're the ones buying it. Mm -hmm. okay. And so if we would do it based on um, our background in flipping houses and underwriting deals, then we'll secondarily look at the experience level of the borrower and say, do they know what they're doing? 
you know, do they know what a hammer is? Do they know what after repair value is? Mm -hmm. You know, so all that. So Megan's a slam dunk. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> and uh, so we basically underwrite the deal first, the borrower second. Uh, we don't like pull credit and, you know, right. those kind of things. But we take a pretty close look at the asset itself and the scope of work involved. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you Are you know, going out looking at every No, so, sometimes. But okay. most of the time we pull comps just like you would, you know. Okay. So we have a, uh, you know, realtor that I've been working with a long time. She helps us out with comps and... Um, yeah, so we basically underwrite the deal, and if it pencils out, then we'll fund it. And if the the reason why I think we're different than a lot a lot of hard money businesses is we're all investors, all of us, mm -hmm. the owners. So if we did, if something went sideways and we did have to, you know, take title, yeah, then we could do something with right, it. Right, right, correct. We can go out. You've and already do the, qualified the property. Yeah, that we'll do the project ourselves. Correct. Yeah. Correct. What's your turnaround time on? Uh, I saw you had a quick little application on your website. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. What's your turnaround time for approval? Um, it depends on, uh, okay, I would say for sure within 24 hours. Oh, wow. wow. Okay. Yeah. But still probably, I mean, to me, I would tell somebody as a new investor, like, go talk to liquid lending people, like, prior to you getting a deal. Oh, yeah. Yeah. oh definitely. Yeah. You can yeah. get it done faster than title can process things. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> we the actually, title is like, I usually need about seven days. Yeah. I think we've had either two or three. I think we've funded uh, right around 160 loans wow. since we've been doing this. In 18 months. Yeah. That's and, crazy. Um, I think we had three deals that we funded in one day. Wow, that was okay. I know wow. I don't recommend that well, for sure. anyone. Yeah, yeah. But they already had title work started. Okay. Right. So it was just they were you know something fell apart with their lending. So we kind of stepped so in. So kind of wow. need to maybe I swoop up and save mm -hmm. the day a little bit. Yeah. Wow. Now, maybe I'm in the wrong business. <laughs> there you go. You just need a million dollars. You know what? You know what I love about it though. Be, being on you know you heard my story about the nine month you know yeah. first, oh, yeah. first yeah. rehab yeah. right. The cool thing about doing the lending business is like. The money goes out just like it does when you buy something, mm -hmm. but then you just you just sit back and yeah, yeah, you know yeah, what I mean. I mean, we got to deal with things, but yeah, yeah, it's just like oh, that's pretty cool. I'm talking about the repair. Yeah, I got paid, didn't have to lift anything yeah, or exactly. You didn't have to the wall. You didn't yeah. have to get a second dumpster. So it's been fun. Yeah, exactly. It's been fun. <laughs> okay, yeah. we're gonna talk more about this um, in part two of Cash is King. Um, so if you are not tuning into the next episode, follow us on Instagram, sellitsister.com, our YouTube channel, anywhere you listen. Um, and check out Owen's uh, RIA Radio podcast. And as always, today's whatever you're going to make it, and we're going to make it a great day. Wow, call me off guard. Tune back in for part two. There you go.